Hi, this is Adam Godbold, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. We're so glad to have you listening to our podcast. The sermon this morning is about being filled with the presence of God. This is the final sermon in this recent series on holiness. Enjoy. In Romans, we'll be in chapter 8. We'll begin reading at verse 8 and read through verse 17. Word of our Lord from the Apostle Paul. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, and you did not receive the spirit of slavery to to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We pray that You would bless the reading of Your Word to our hearts, to our lives, to all of who we are. Lord, help us to live a life that is filled with Your presence. Make us holy, Lord. Holy Spirit, move among us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. The all-important question for living a holy life, really for living a Christian life at all, is simple. Is the Holy Spirit present in your heart and life? That's really what the Christian life is determined by. The presence of God within us through His Holy Spirit. The presence of God in our hearts and the presence of God in our lives. That is what Christian life is all about. The Christian faith is not about a legal exchange made through a single prayer that we pray whereby we get to enjoy the joys of heaven when we die while we live like hell on earth. The Christian life is a surrendered life. A filled life. A life full of the presence of the risen Christ through His Holy Spirit. Put another way, the Christian life is a holy life. There is no other Christian life. The defining factor of Christian life is this. Very simply, the presence 
of the living God in us. The Apostle Paul says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, then you simply don't have Christ. If the Spirit of Jesus is not in your heart and in your life, then you do not have Him. You do not have Jesus. Paul elsewhere explains why this is so. Very common in Paul's epistles is is temple theology. Paul calls us temples of the living God. Buildings in which God's presence dwells. A temple without the the all-filling presence of God is just another building. There's just nothing holy about it without the presence of the Holy One. Paul says that your body and Jesus' body, the church, are temples of God. Temples intended to be filled with His holy presence. His Holy Spirit dwells in the midst of the church, Paul says. His Holy Spirit dwells in the heart and life of the individual believer. And Paul tells us that we as individuals are temples of the Holy Spirit. And he also tells us that the church together, the congregation, God's people collectively, together, are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And there is no holiness without the presence of the Holy One. A couple of weeks ago, the sermon was about making room for the Holy One. About making room as a church, making room as people, making room within our lives for the Holy One to come. For Him to meet with us. For Him to change us. To transform us. To make us different. To conform us to the image of Christ. And if we don't make room for Him, then there's no place for Him to fill up. It's important that we keep in mind that the holy life is not about just what we do. It's not about just what we believe. It is about who fills us. It is about the presence of God. Holiness of heart and of life. The call to have our lives transformed as He transforms our hearts is all about His presence. It's not about what we can do. It's not about our performance. It's not something that we muster up. It is about the Holy One consuming us. His presence is what makes His place holy. We talked in the last few weeks about the place that is the temple in the Old Testament, the tabernacle before it. We talked also about the place like Mount Sinai or the, the, the mountain of God in the desert when Moses stumbled upon the burning bush. We've talked also about the promised land as being God's place, a place that He was giving to His people Israel. And that holy place would only inhabit them. It would only hold them if they maintained holy covenant with the Holy One. And if they broke covenant, that the land would spew them out because that is His place. It is a place of His holiness. But without His presence, then those places, whether it be the tabernacle or the temple, the tent of meeting, even before the tabernacle that Moses and Joshua met with God in, 
the promised land. It was nothing. It was just common unless God's presence was there. The Spirit filled the temple, you'll remember, at its dedication. Ezekiel, the prophet, back in chapter 10 of his prophecy, says that he saw a vision of the Spirit of God because of Israel's covenant breaking, because of Israel's transgressions. The Spirit left the temple and hovered and waited and eventually left. When Israel, after their captivity, is brought back into the promised land and they rebuild the foundations of the temple and they rededicate the temple of God, Israel was able to celebrate that God was returning to that holy place. In fact, it was God's presence that was what captivated the prophet Malachi at the end of the Old Testament. He said that there's one who is coming, a messenger, who is going to come before the messenger with a capital M. And that messenger would be the Lord Himself coming to His temple to make His priests, the Levites, holy, to purify them. The Messiah, Jesus, was coming in order to bring the holy presence of God to that place, to cleanse it, to make it holy. The presence of God is also what makes His people holy. It is His presence that made the people of Israel, whether they be prophets, priests, kings, or commoners, it was His holy presence that made them holy. We read of God in the Old Testament filling His servants. We read also of God's presence leaving His servants. Specifically, His servant King Saul, who we're told beforehand was filled with the Holy Spirit, began as a great king. God had transformed his life, taken him from being timid and weak, and had filled him with His own holy presence. But Saul, you remember, because of covenant breaking, because he refused obedience to the Lord, because he chose his way on his terms, No matter the risk, the Holy Spirit left Saul. And you remember, you hear the memory of that in David's cry, take not your Holy Spirit from me when he prays to God, confessing his own sin. When we think of of holiness, which has been our subject for the last few weeks, we think of holiness, what often comes to mind is our behavior. And yes, there are holy behaviors. There are holy ways of living. Holy things that we do. The question that often comes to our mind is, well, do do believers behave differently? Yes, of course they do. We are called to live a different kind of life. We are called to behave differently. We're called to act and react differently. Is the church intended to be an oddity on earth? Yes, it is, quite frankly. You are a peculiar people, Paul said. However, if we divorce holiness from the presence of the risen Christ, it really is quite simple. We have simply misunderstood holiness because holiness is all about His presence. His life in us. His life transforming us 
from the inside of who we are, the core of our being, in our hearts, out throughout our lives. Holiness is not about rule keeping. And when we reduce holiness, when we reduce holy living or the holy life to simply keeping rules, then we, we actually we, we remove it from its power or we remove its power from it and holiness becomes a toxic thing. It becomes Pharisaism. Holiness is about the life-giving presence of Jesus in you and in me. It is about being filled with the Spirit of Christ. It is about a life that is consumed with and transformed by holy love. The law of Christ, the New Testament tells us, is love. It's summed up in that single word, love. Holiness, the holy life, it is a life free from the tyranny of self. It is a life that is turned outward toward others. In some, the holy life is a self-giving, self-surrendered, other-oriented life. It is the type of life that you see in Jesus throughout the Gospels. Jesus' concern is not for Himself. It is simply for those before Him. It is always, even when he is exhausted and tired and done with the day, Jesus' attention is always to have compassion on those who are before him. If the holy life is anything, let me repeat, it is a self-giving life, a self-surrendered life, an other-oriented life. To claim Christ and somehow to not have the present witness of His Holy Spirit, the transforming, life-giving presence of His Spirit, to claim Christ without that holy presence is to be no better than a corpse. Renit bones with no breath in them. What Jesus called whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. And that was what the prophet Ezekiel envisioned in the early verses of chapter 37. We read from 37 at the end, but earlier in the passage, the prophet says that he was out in a valley and he looked all around him and there were nothing but dried up old dead bones. Not dead bodies, bones. Dismembered bones. And they were scattered all over the place as far as his eyes could see. These dried up, old, dead, lifeless bones. No ligaments, no tendons, no muscle, no flesh, nothing. And Yahweh asked him quite simply, He calls him Son of Man. Son of Man, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel's response is quite ingenious. He puts it back on Yahweh. Oh Lord, You know. I'm not going to claim the impossible, but of course you can do the impossible. Son of man, speak to the bones. Tell them to come back together and form bodies. And there's rattling. 
and shaking and a noise, a sound. And the bones begin to come back together. And here they are, an exceedingly great army. These corpses come back to life. But the Lord, Yahweh, says there's something still missing. These are just dead bodies now. There's nothing life-giving in them because there is no life in them. They're missing the breath of God. They're missing His Spirit. They're missing the wind of heaven. And so, Son of Man, speak to the breath. Speak to the wind. Tell the Spirit to come and to fill up these bodies so that they might live. And you know how it plays out. He speaks to the Spirit, and the Spirit fills up these dead bodies with life. And now you have something worth having. Paul says that those who live by the flesh will die. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Notice he's writing to believers. He's writing to disciples of Jesus. He is writing to people who have given their lives already to Christ. People who are trying their best to faithfully follow Him. People who are gathered together on Sunday mornings to worship together. People of prayer. People of Scripture. He says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now our modern minds think, oh, the flesh, there's something bad with this body. But we miss Paul's point because Paul is not concerned here with the physicality of our bodies. He means flesh not in the sense of skin and bone. He means flesh in the sense of a spirit within us that is contrary to the Spirit of Christ. It is a spirit or a principle within our natures that fights against the way of Jesus. That fights against the call to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Him. It is a spirit and a principle within us that fights against that invitation to give of ourselves, to spend ourselves for the sake of others. It is a spirit and a principle that fights against self-surrender, that fights against living an other-oriented life. You see this flesh in the church, in the lives of people who call themselves Christians. When you see us as Christians offering only part of ourselves, only segments of our lives, only little compartments that we're willing to open up to Jesus. And it always leads to death. The flesh is self. It is self-centeredness. It is hearts that are closed in on themselves. Ways of living that are only concerned with what we see in the mirror before us. This self is grasping. It is clinging. It is demanding. And it is tyrannizing. And it will destroy us and everything we hold dear. 
Because this flesh that Paul is talking about, the reason he says that it always leads to death, this flesh insists upon its own way. This flesh refuses to surrender. It refuses to submit. This flesh plays by its own rules and makes its own way. It is self-defining and self-determining and it is also self-destroying. It negotiates with sin and it negotiates with God. I'll give you just a little bit. I'll follow you just so far. I'll open up this part of my heart, but not that. I'll obey you if it means this, but not this other thing. It always leads to death. The Apostle Paul is very clear in that. You see, the only way to life, the only way to eternal life And eternal life is not just about what happens beyond the grave. Eternal life is the life of God within us now. It is not about quantity. It is about a quality of life. The only way to life is to surrender yourself fully to Jesus. Completely. Entirely. Irrevocably. To Jesus. The only way to life is to open up and give over every part of your heart to Him. Every part of your life to His Spirit. And in that act, in that ongoing act of complete surrender to Christ, in that act, we are filled with the presence of His Holy Spirit. And there's life. There's a new way of living. If you'll make Him that offer, He'll take you up on it. If you'll simply surrender completely to Him, He will take completely all of who you are. And He will fill it completely with all of who He is. He will cleanse you with living water. And He will fill you with His life-giving presence. A few weeks ago, I told you that Jesus died to make you holy. And for these last three weeks, what I've been trying to, as best as I'm able, as limited as I am, to communicate to you that the holy life is not some tack on to the gospel. It is the whole thing. The gospel is about God's God's preoccupation and His obsession with His people dwelling in His place and enjoying 
his life-giving presence. The gospel is all about being God's holy people and enjoying his holy presence as we meet with him throughout our lives in every moment of every day in the holy places where we find him. And the neat thing about the gospel is that it tells us we can find him everywhere. We can find Him in the ordinariness of life. We can find Him as we gather together in a sanctuary such as this, whether it be in a school or whether it be in a beautiful, enormous cathedral. We can find Him when we seek for Him with all of who we are. The problem is, we too often don't seek for Him with all of who we are. May we surrender, you and me, may we surrender completely to the One who gives life, to the One who makes holy, to the One who offers us a life filled with His all-consuming love. May we be filled with the presence of God. Father, we pray that You would help us in these moments together as we've gathered to surrender ourselves completely to Your Son, Jesus. May we give of ourselves completely to the work of Your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that You would help us to offer all that we have and all that we are. And we pray that You would take all that we have and all that we are. Lord, fill it with life. We don't want to live lives of death. We don't want to live lives that are constantly battling against You. We don't want to live lives that are clinging and grasping. We don't want to live lives where everything we touch, we destroy. Lord, we want to live lives that are completely surrendered and completely turned over to You. Lord, help us in these moments together to lay down all of who we are before You. And Lord, we pray that You would come and that You would consume that beautiful sacrifice. Fill us, Lord. Make us holy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Father Almighty, Creator and Sustainer of all things, who sent Your only begotten Son to redeem all things. You love us perfectly. You care for us faithfully. In Your Son Jesus, You have saved us completely. With Your Holy Spirit, please fill us entirely. You made us to know and love You. Help us to know You more and love You faithfully and completely. You've been good to us and our hearts are filled with thankfulness because of how merciful You are, how You've provided for us and how You've watched over us. Thank You for being so good and so faithful to us. We love You. Father, as we gather as Your people this morning and worship You in the name of Your dear Son, we are grateful for Your presence with us.
for Your nearness to us. Thank You for being with us and for ministering to us by Your Holy Spirit. Thank You for graciously welcoming us into Your holy presence. Jesus, thank You for giving Your life for us, for becoming one of us, for redeeming us with Your precious blood. Holy Spirit, have Your way in our lives. Lead us. Guide us in the footsteps of Jesus. Consume us with Your holy triune love. Father, Son, and Spirit, You are holy. You are faithful. You are good. Lord, we pray that You would meet each and every need that we have. Lord, as individuals, as a congregation, You know every need. You know every burden that we bear. You know those things that preoccupy our minds in these moments. You know those things that are weighing heavy on our hearts. You know those who are sick, those who are worried, those who are struggling in various ways in life. Struggling physically, struggling spiritually, struggling relationally and emotionally, struggling financially, struggling in all manner of ways, Lord. We pray that You would help us to trust You completely and to see Your mighty hand move in our behalf. Lord, we lift up our friend Nettie to You. We thank You so much for her. We pray that You would be with her as the doctors continue to fight the cancer that she's been fighting. Lord, we pray that You would guide them and give them wisdom, help them know how to treat the spots that keep showing up. Lord, we pray that You would help her Lord, surround her by people who love her. We thank You for putting Billy in her life and giving her such a passionate and faithful love for her sister. Lord, we pray that You would draw her to You. Help her to know that You are right there. Lord, we lift up our old pastor David Lane. We pray that You would be with him as he... um, as he's suffering from yet more kidney stones. We pray that You would alleviate his pain and discomfort, that You would help him, that You would strengthen him. Lord, we lift up Caden to You and pray that You would help her pinky to heal as she's had these pins put in. Lord, we pray for her mom and her dad, for them to um, to, to um, make wise decisions for her. And Lord, we pray that You would be with her and help her to not, uh, not have... Uh, much pain. Lord, we pray that You would help it to heal quickly and completely. Lord, we lift up Boyd to You. and Lord, we miss him. and We pray that You would watch over him. Uh, Lord, as he continues to search for a, a new job, we pray that You would open the right doors for him. Lord, as he's away, we pray that You would help him to know that we miss him and we're praying faithfully for him. And Lord, we lift up the hedge paths to You as they're not well today. We ask that You would touch them, that You would help them to heal, to get well completely. Lord, as they um, have so much going on in life, we pray that You would help them to slow, to rest, and to heal up. Lord, again, You know every need upon our hearts. Lord, You know every joy that we have in You. And we thank You for how good You have been to us. You have been so faithful and so good. Oh Lord, You have taught us that without love, whatever we do is worth nothing. 
Please send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts your greatest gift, which is love, the true bond of peace and all virtue, without which whoever lives is accounted dead before you. Please do this for the sake of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. If you haven't filled out your communication cards yet, please make sure that you uh, fill those out. Um, I want to know better how to be praying for you. Bill's going to come and pass the uh, the offering baskets. And please, um, please get those communication cards in there. David, did you mention this? Not a problem at all. Wanted to make you aware, the, the kids at Devereaux made us a little Valentine's card. Uh, we, we had our uh, uh, monthly birthday celebration with them this past Thursday. And uh, uh, it's always got its own complications, but, uh, but they really do, uh, they, they love what we're doing there. And so they, they gave us a Valentine's card that says thank you. I'm going to put it out on the information desk, take a look at it. It's very brief, but uh, it's very thoughtful of them. And, um, and thank you, all of you that give toward that ministry and help uh, participate in it and pray for it faithfully. Uh, we really appreciate it. The Word of Christ. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and may give glory to your Father who is in heaven. May we go in the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org.